Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. This is the sermon for Sunday, February 16th, 2020. It is entitled, Love Rules, and is based on Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 through 37. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hannon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, if you were hanging around here on Friday, you would know that it was a pretty exciting day. For teachers, they had a full day of school. They had meetings in the second half of the day. But for kids, it was only a a partial day, and the walls were kind of shaking most of the morning. You could smell the sugar in the air. Valentine's Day. This is a really big deal for kids as they uh, have their Valentine's party, pass around their Valentine's cards and candies. I wonder about for you, if you don't have kids, is Valentine's still a a big deal? Do you make a, a big hurrah out of it, or do you get in trouble because you didn't make a big hurrah out of it? Once upon a time, Valentine's Day was connected to St. Valentine, a a Christian who died, a martyr, uh, for his faith in Jesus. Now, over the centuries, that connection has all but evaporated. I don't know if we're ever going to get it back. It has really become a secular holiday. It's a holiday where we celebrate love, love that rules over all things. And it's celebrated with candies and chocolates and cards and dinners for two. For some people, Valentine's Day is a red-letter day. It's a very important day where they celebrate that love of that special person in their life. For others, it is a day they don't look forward to. It's a day where they might realize they don't have that special relationship in their life, or they did but that person is no longer with them. It's a very divisive day. It's a day when either hearts are full of love or hearts are empty. People are reminded of what they don't have. It's interesting, though, that against that backdrop in our calendar of Valentine's Day, that the gospel reading comes up today. That's all about the Ten Commandments, really. It's Jesus' words. He doesn't touch on every single one of the commandments, but we know exactly what he's covering as he mentions some of these things. And this is familiar stuff. This would have been familiar to the people that he was talking about in his own day. It is familiar to us as well. We know the Ten Commandments. We know what they are. We know why they're so important. But what makes Jesus' words different on this day is that Jesus talks about the Ten Commandments in such a way that you can't help but feel convicted. Maybe before you were thinking about, well, I'm doing pretty good as far as what it is that I should be doing in God's eyes. But once Jesus starts talking, all of those thoughts quickly disappear. Now, when Moses first was given the Ten Commandments and taught them to the people of Israel, I think it was pretty easy for most of them to get the general gist of what this was all about. 
Jesus summarized the Ten Commandments in just two. It's all about loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. And so what the Ten Commandments really are, are they are like love rules. They help give shape to what our love should look like. So, for instance, we love God by worshiping Him and Him alone. We love God by not taking His name in vain. We love God by remembering the Sabbath, by keeping it holy. So if you're not doing those things, but you say, oh, I love God, His Word says, do you want to think about that again? Do you want to get back to me? Because this is what love looks like. So, is that giving shape to your love? Or is something else? And the same is true about commandments 4 through 10. You might think that you are loving your neighbor, but if your love doesn't take the shape of those commandments, maybe you're not really loving your neighbor. Maybe you're doing a good job in this world. Maybe you are meeting your own standards of living. Maybe you're meeting the standards of the world around you. But when it comes to God's standards, you may be falling a little bit short. But Jesus takes these love rules, the Ten Commandments, and he he talks about them in a kind of different way, doesn't he? He says, you have heard that it was said of old, but I tell you. See, in Jesus' hands, he takes the Ten Commandments and he interprets them in a way that, as I said before, convicts all of us. None of us are left standing looking too good. See, there was always this danger for the Israelites to think that what God ultimately wanted was outward compliance. He just wanted people to look good on the outside. Now, they knew better. But that didn't stop them from thinking this way. See, when, when Moses gave the commandments, uh, when he reminds them of these commandments, he's pretty clear that this isn't just about outward compliance. It's about your heart. Our reading from Deuteronomy today is, is Moses' words to that next generation of Israelites that is about to enter the promised land. And Moses paints a pretty stark picture. He says, choose life by following God, by listening to his commandments. And anything other than that is death. It is destruction. But when he talks about that, he talks about their hearts. That that is what God ultimately wants. He wants their hearts. He wants them to love him, to trust him, to live by these ways. And if they don't, it's not that God is mean and and that he will punish them and be vindictive. It's that he's teaching them that outside of him, there is no life. And so if they turn away from God, they're turning away from life. They're turning away from the life giver. They're turning away from the one who loves them truly. And so Moses is trying to teach not merely this outward compliance, but also their hearts. But over the years, people drifted. They focused not on their hearts, 
but on that outward compliance to God's rules. They, they came up with all of these lists of other rules and traditions of, hey, this is what it looks like to keep this commandment versus this is what breaking the commandment looks like. And, and if you do those things, then you're doing really good. But Jesus speaks in far starker terms. See, the problem isn't just murder or adultery, or stealing, or what have you. The problem is our hearts. The problem is anger, and hatred, and lust, and pride. Do you know those things? Is anger a part of your life? Have you ever lusted after another person? Desired something that God has not given you? Have you ever hated somebody or spoke words of insult, daggers shot from your tongue? Or maybe you just thought them, maybe you didn't say them. But in God's eyes, it's all the same. This is turning away from God's ways. This is not the way of love. This is not the way of life. This is the way of death and disobedience. And the problem is that in the way that Jesus talks about this, there's no wiggle room. We're all guilty. We all have turned away from God. We all live like this. Maybe not all the time, but just one act of disobedience is enough to earn the punishment of not keeping these commandments. Jesus talks about it in such strong terms that he says, if it is your eye that's causing you to sin, pluck it out. It's better to lose that eye than to fall into the pit of hell. Or if it is your right hand that is causing you to sin, cut it off. But it's not our eye. It's not our hand that is causing us to sin. It's something deeper. It is our hearts. Why does God give us these commandments if all they do is convict us? Why does Jesus speak these words if these words only crush us? It is out of God's love that he speaks these words. God wants you to know the true condition of your heart. He wants to expose the sin in you. He wants to expose you to his light so that you see that you are not living by God's ways. You do not have that heart full of his love. Instead, you love yourself. But God gives you a new heart. God doesn't simply put a patch over what is broken. He doesn't simply perform a surgery. He gives you a transplant. He gives you a new heart when you are crushed by those words of law and you repent and you ask for God's forgiveness. God does forgive. And in those words of forgiveness, it's as if he has given you new life. Very familiar words from the 51st Psalm. David cries out to God, Create in me a new heart and renew in me a right understanding. And God does that 
for all of us. For all of us who are convicted of our sin but repent. He does this not for our sake, but for Jesus' sake. Because Jesus has paid the price. Jesus has paid the price for our disobedience. We have new life. And in that new life, we have God's Holy Spirit that guides us and gives us strength, that leads us to live a new way of life. So that we, as that new person that God has created inside of us, hear Jesus' words, and instead of saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to live that way. Nobody does that kind of thing. Instead, we hear that and say, that's what love is. That's what I want. That's what God has done for me, and that's what I want to do for the people in this world. Jesus has said, I am the salt and the light. I want to be those things through his power and with his help. Now, none of us do that perfectly. The sinful flesh still clings to us. We still live in this world of sin and darkness. So we don't do those things perfectly, but we have turned a new page. As God's Spirit works in us, we live under God's guidance, and we live in a way that we wouldn't normally live. As we hear Jesus' words, we hear things that are, are words of love. Not simply words of law, but words of love. For as Jesus speaks those words that convict us, those same words don't simply point the finger at us. They point the finger back at Jesus himself. As Jesus speaks these words, he has just just said, I have come not to abolish the law, not to get rid of the Ten Commandments, not to throw these things away, but to fulfill them. And Jesus is the only one. As true man and true God, He is the only one that does all of these things perfectly. And as He does those things perfectly, He draws our attention to Him. If you need an example, if you need a life, what does this look like? A life lived out in this love. Don't look at me, don't look at yourself in the mirror. Look at Jesus, your Savior. And when you see that picture of Jesus living this life of love and self-sacrifice, you realize that heart, that love, doesn't look like the shape of a heart. Love looks like the shape of a cross. It is there on the cross that Jesus shows his love in the ultimate form. And it is that death and resurrection that gives us God's love, that gives us new life. And as we see Jesus and understand him in this way, we start to realize that that he's not just speaking about these love rules, these rules that define love. Rather, he's speaking about his love, God's love that rules over all things. His love that rules in our hearts. I don't know that we'll be able to turn back Valentine's Day. 
into a day when we remember a Christian who gave his life for Jesus to be that example of love, St. Valentine. But when all of these celebrations of romantic love ultimately end in heartache, we proclaim a different message. We proclaim a message of God's love. And we pray that God's love would live in our hearts and that we would live out that love in the world. God's love rules, rule in our hearts because of what Jesus has done for you, but for them as well. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is your Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.